0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Redemption Church. The following sermon is by our Director of Media and Worship, Susan Alloway.
1: The word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, Nineveh was a very large city, it took three days to go through it. Jonah began by going a day's journey into the city, proclaiming, 40 more days and Nineveh will be overthrown. The Ninevites believed God. A fast was proclaimed and all of them, from the greatest to the least, put on sackcloth. When Jonah's warning reached the king of Nineveh, Let them give up their evil ways and their violence. Who knows? God may yet turn from his fierce anger so that we will not perish. When God saw what they did and how they turned from their evil ways, he relented and did not bring on them the destruction he had threatened. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks be to God. Cool. Thank you so much. So as you just heard, um, Jonah, we're in the book of Jonah, but Jonah isn't actually a very big character in this section of this story. Um, He finally obeys God and delivers God's message to Nineveh, takes him three days to do it. But then that's it. That's all we really hear about Jonah. So we'll get back to interesting Jonah next week. For this week, the interesting characters in the story are God and Nineveh itself. And as we look at these two characters, I want you to remember this phrase. There is always time to turn
2: toward God's love. Okay. There is always time to turn toward God's love. So...
0: What do, what do we remember about Nineveh from Gary's sermon two weeks ago? Does anybody remember anything? Feel free to unmute and tell me. They are um, really bad. (laughs) Um, They are like, they kind of like terrorize and are super brutal and murderous. Um, Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. Anything else?
1: Uh, In addition, to their brutality, they're, um, the capital of Assyria and Assyrians are always depicted impaling people and whatnot, but you can always tell they're Assyrians because they got these crazy curly beards. And all mm-hmm. the creatures.
0: Nice. Yeah, so Nineveh, Ninevites are cruel, violent, aggressive people who liked to boast about their cruelty. Um, as a character, if Nineveh were one person, she would essentially represent pure evil. So to get us in the mood for the rest of this sermon, I have a song, I discovered this song, this whole crazy weird album this week that I shared with Gary and Scotty. The album is, it's just called Jonah and there's a song called Nineveh. So I wanted to share that with you.
3: A hundred leagues from the coast, there are demons, there are ghosts in Nineveh, where the evil Assyrian emperor gloats in Nineveh. They kill women, they kill children and dogs and fleas, they make towers of the heads of their enemies. If ever there's a place that you don't want to be, it's wire fence. Every man is a monster. Every woman is a wench. I pray your hands are never stained by the stench of men
0: So I know it's a little silly and it gets very jaunty and it's actually kind of fun, but Nineveh is pretty horrible, okay? So we get this idea from Jonah that Nineveh is, as a character, as one person, Nineveh is representing pure evil. So I wanted to think of some other people, some other characters throughout history who represent pure evil, specifically in the American mind. And when I thought about that, like the obvious choice is like Hitler, Um, but you can keep going, you can do like Hitler, but also ISIS or Osama bin Laden. You could say, if anyone remembers the Unabomber, Ted Kaczynski, or if we wanna go into fiction, think of Star Wars episode four and five and we get Darth Vader. He, at that point in the story is representing pure evil. Now, I don't know for sure if all of these people that I just mentioned are all actually pure evil. I didn't know them. But as characters in the American mind, they represent a type, the same type as Nineveh, the type that is anti-good and anti-God. It's a type that we typically want God to defeat. So in this story, we have essentially God versus pure evil. And Jonah and we, as the audience, are caught in the middle. So when Jonah goes up to pure evil and tells her to
2: repent, do you think that Jonah expects it to work?
0: No. I mean, if if you were to go back in time to Nazi Germany and have a sweet little sit down with Hitler over tea, do you expect that it would change his mind and make him stop his campaign against the Jews? No. Um, at least I don't. I don't think so. Were, were I to sit down and chat with Osama bin Laden, I'm pretty sure that it wouldn't have done anything. It wouldn't have helped or changed things at all. So... As such, the most logical step is just to hope that God takes care of it, right? That God would provide justice and to try to be on the right side of the battle when
2: all is said and done. But none of that is good enough for God in this story. As a character, God doesn't think in terms
0: of black and white. While we and Jonah see Nineveh as pure evil, God sees shades of gray and God cares deeply about the people of Nineveh, about saving Nineveh, about Nineveh becoming the beauty that she was meant to be. God cares about
2: Nineveh's redemption because in this story, there is always time to turn toward God's love. So what happens in Jonah 3? Jonah preaches repentance to pure evil, and it works. It actually works. The peasants repent, the king
0: repents, even the animals are put in sackcloth and ashes. Every living thing in Nineveh turns toward the love of God as one our character, Nineveh, has all of a sudden become a good guy. So essentially, Darth Vader has just thrown the emperor down the tube to save Luke. And as an audience, we are shocked. And if the story were to end there, we would probably find ourselves with newfound love and compassion toward Nineveh, which is what always happens in fiction when a a bad guy becomes a good guy. We would celebrate God's winning the day and winning it in a way that was a plot twist and a way that ends without mass destruction. If the story ended there, we would remember that God is good, that God is the God of creation and miracles and is making all
2: things new. We would celebrate that there is always time to turn toward God's love. Unfortunately, that's not where the story ends. And so we often get caught up in Jonah's reaction
0: to all of this, instead of being in awe of God's goodness and mercy. But Scotty is preaching on that next week. So I get to hold you here. <laughs> so I'm gonna hold you here. Um, if this is where, where the story ended, The lesson we would learn is that God never gives up. So there is always time. God never gives up on Jonah.
2: God never gives up on Nineveh. And God never gives up on us. I've heard stories of
0: people living horrible lives, but then turning to God in repentance on their deathbed. I have to believe, that God's love is so big that redemption is available to them in that moment. When Darth Vader turns towards the way of the Force instead of the dark side, he is met with Luke's love.
2: Now, it doesn't rewrite Vader's past, right? Nineveh still has a history of cruelty and violence, but Vader is still welcome in. As family, I have to believe that God loved
0: Hitler and Osama bin Laden and had open arms for them to turn toward love. I have to believe that there is still time for Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber, because he's still alive, time still for him to turn toward love. I have to believe these things because I believe that God has open arms for me. No, I haven't planted bombs or created concentration camps or lightsabered a whole temple of Padawans, Um, but there
2: is evil. There is still evil in my heart. There is selfishness and hatred. There is bias and unkindness. There is willful ignorance and there's mistrust. Like Nineveh, I am in need of God's grace and redemption. And though I don't know
0: what the rest of my life holds, I know from this story that there is always
2: time to turn toward God's love. So what about you? I'm pretty sure that none of you have created concentration camps either, but where in your life do you need to turn toward God's love?
0: You may not have killed anyone, but Jesus said that if you curse your neighbor, you've killed them in your heart. Where are you holding bitterness or hatred toward others? Or even toward yourself? I'm serious, how you treat yourself has a direct impact on how you affect others.
2: So think about it. Now, this is not an invitation to feel bad. Nineveh wasn't told to wallow. She was told to turn.
0: I would encourage you to take some time after this is over and
2: think about that. Where in your life do you need to turn toward God's love? Lastly, you might be wondering, what about justice?
0: If Nineveh was really that violent and cruel,
2: should we be okay with God letting her off the hook? Should we be okay with God
0: rescuing Jonah in a big fish after he intentionally disobeys God? Does Darth Vader deserve to be loved when he's killed hundreds of people, even children?
2: If God delights in the Unabomber just as much as God delights in me, how is that okay? The book of Jonah merely tells us that God cares deeply about these things,
0: and God is willing to redeem even the worst parts of us. For answers about justice, we must turn to the rest of Scripture. Scripture answers that one day all wrongs will be
2: righted, and that revenge belongs to the Lord. He will repay. Scripture tells us that God is making
0: all things new and that God creates good things. Scripture also tells us that God will refine us just as gold is refined by fire. I've explained this analogy before, but it bears repeating. When gold is refined in fire, what happens is that the pure gold separates from the gunk, the dross that it has collected over time. The dross
2: was never gold to begin with. And as such, it is taken away. Hitler was an artist and a great public speaker, if you refine away all of the junk in his life,
0: maybe he could paint again and bring beauty to the world. The Unabomber was a math professor,
2: refine away all the junk and maybe he could help students fall in love with math again. Darth Vader,
0: was once a child prodigy in mechanical engineering. And he grew up
2: to be endlessly devoted to his wife. If you refine away all the junk, there is love in his heart for his children. This is hard stuff, loving our enemies. But we can remember that God creates
0: good things. God created Hitler to be good.
2: God created Osama bin Laden to be good. God created you and me to be good. I have a picture of those guys that I wanted to share with you. In the top left, you see
0: Adolf Hitler sitting. He's not in uniform. He's reading papers
2: in a beautiful uh, outdoor deck. With the mountains in the background. Down on the bottom left you have Ted Kaczynski. He, this is him at Harvard as a student. On the bottom right is Osama bin Laden. In that picture he looks like someone that I would like to be friends with. He looks happy. In the top right we have Darth Vader in his uh, redeemed ghostly form. We collect dross along the way. And that dross, those hurts and experiences, can lead us down the road toward Nineveh. But even from Nineveh, we learn that God still has open arms. God is willing to redeem even the worst parts of us. And no matter what we've screwed up, There is always time to turn toward God's love.
0: To find out more about Redemption Church, visit redemptionbristol.org.